Isn't he greatly to be praised today? No matter what we're going through, when we think about his goodness, it just is overwhelming. Um, if you are on the mission team or helped yesterday at the cruise in and fish fry, please raise your hand. If you were here yesterday and you worked on that team, I just want to say a big thank you. It was an amazing day. And what you don't know is we did a 9-11 tribute. Randy Smith, one of our veterans, read that. And right before the national anthem started, here comes a stealth bomber right over the church. It was a beautiful, beautiful way to give remembrance to that. So I was really, really excited about that. I did want to give you a total. Uh, $2,096 was raised yesterday for missions. to that again next year let's continue to worship let's remember that on the when you see the pastors and elders come forward for prayer please come this is a time that you can bring your needs to the altar you can ask for anointing whatever God leads you to do let's join and worship together
fix our eyes upon the cross. Upon our Savior. Our Savior is laid on a criminal's cross. And darkness rejoiced as though heaven had
joining us today at Capital City Church. Here's a few highlights coming up. Welcome to all our first-time guests here in the room and online. Turn in your completed connection card in the offering. We hope you will choose Cap City as your church family. New groups are starting this Wednesday, September 15 at 7 p.m. There will be groups for all ages, so come and join us. There are also other groups starting this week, so please check your bulletin. Awana Clubs is back on October 13th. See Scott and Tara Fisher in the lobby today to register your child. We are accepting sponsorships this year at $40 per child. Thank you for supporting Awana's Clubs. The Golden Saints are sponsoring a barbecue and hayride fundraiser on October 2nd. Come and join us for a great evening here on the church campus. More details coming soon. Thank you for supporting the ministries of Cap City Church. You can give online at capcitychurch.live, you can give through Cash App at Capital City Church, and you can give by writing a check or giving cash. Our ushers will be receiving the offering at the end of service. Don't forget to drop your connection card in the offering today. Let's join together to study God's Word as Pastor Phil brings the message in week four of Overcomer. This morning. Amen. That's right. How many of you know God freely gives you the ability to be an overcomer? Come on, let me hear you give God a praise for that today. Amen. Oh, I've so enjoyed our message series today as we've talked about uh, becoming an overcomer and what that means. And today we uh, continue this series with part four of becoming and uh, being an overcomer. And, and uh, I'm just so thankful for how God speaks into uh, our lives and helps us understand that no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, no matter what giants or mountains 
us, we know that God can be in control of all things. Amen? Come on, tell somebody you can be an overcomer. You just need to know that. Amen? So today, if you have your Bibles, uh, you can open to the book of Joshua. Last week, we talked about Moses and how he uh, followed uh, uh, God's call to lead the children out of captivity in Egypt. Well, we're going to fast forward the story today, and we're going to go towards uh, the, the end of, of uh, uh, their wilderness journey when uh, Joshua is told by God, you are going to follow Moses, and you're going to be his successor. So that's where we're going to pick it up. They've been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. That whole story of, of, uh, of trying to find their way, of sending out spies and deciding there's no way that God could ever help them uh, win this thing. And uh, then today, we're going to begin in Joshua chapter 1. And if I could just get that volume down just a little bit on my, on my mic, I'd appreciate that. Awesome. Would you just bow your heads as we just worship the Lord? Lord, we love you so much and we thank you for uh, being here today. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. You're such a great and awesome God. We just lift our hearts to you right now, and we pray, dear God, that you would just speak to us through your word. Help us, Lord, to know that you have designed us to be overcomers. Lord, you have designed us to be successful in our spiritual walk. Help us to understand that if we ever, uh, if we've ever falter, it's because we got in the way of your perfect plan. Help us to understand, Lord, that you have a perfect plan for every one of us. And as we look at this uh, story today of Joshua, help us to see, Lord, that the, the, the obedience of Joshua and the children of Israel is what gave them success over Jericho. And know that you have that for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 Today, I entitled my series, Don't Give Up on Victory. How many of you ever felt like just giving up? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. If you're breathing, you better have your hand up because I think we've all felt that way. Maybe you don't remember, but when you started to walk, you probably get, tried to give up a couple times, right? But, you know, we've all had those moments where we're just like, man, I just, I just don't know if I can win this thing. I, I, don't know, I don't know if I can survive this thing. I don't know if I can go through this thing. And I'm here to tell you, the Bible tells us very clearly that you absolutely can be a winner. Tell the other person on the other side, you're a winner. I just want you to know that you're a winner, huh? Come on, we need to tell each other that as often as we possibly can. In fact, maybe this next week, we can just greet people by saying, I just want you to know you're a winner, all right? So we're gonna pick up our scripture in Joshua chapter one. You can follow along uh, on the screen or, or, or follow along in your Bibles. Verse 1 says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Stop right there for a moment. He was Moses' assistant. He was already in the game. He was already working. He was already helping. He was already in the business of ministry. Joshua was already following the call of God. Here's what I know many times we have to be in the call of God for us to know the next call of God. Are you with me? So here he is, he's Moses' assistant, and God said to him, Moses, my servant is dead, therefore the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Watch this. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness to the south of the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east and the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one, everyone say no one. 
circle those two words, no one will be able to stand against you when? As long as you live. For I, watch this, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Stop right there for a moment. God is saying to you right now, I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will be with you, fill in your name right there, as I was with Gideon. I will be with you as I was with Joshua and as I was with Noah and as I was with Esther. I will be with you as I was with all of the spiritual giants that we read about in the Bible. He is saying to you, he's calling you by name and he is saying, as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. You have to understand that as we follow God's call and as we see the big mountains in front of us and it seems like they're insurmountable and it seems to us like there's no way of winning, don't give up on victory because listen, you have something that no one else has as a believer. You have God on your side, amen? How many of you are just thankful we have God on our side, huh? How many of you know that God can do a lot of things that we cannot even dream of? Absolutely. And we know that he is not going to abandon us. Now look at verse six, be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give to them. Be strong and very courageous, he says again. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. What's God saying? If you'll be strong and courageous and you will follow my plan, understand I will be with you and you will be an overcomer. You will be an overcomer. I want you to look what it says. If you jump to chapter six, we're going to give you a little bit of the end of the story before the first of the story. All right. Verse one says, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in or out, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and its strong warriors. What was God saying? God is saying, because I am with you, the fear of God will be in your enemy. You have to know that God is greater than any enemy you may face. God is greater than any mountain you may face. God is greater than any giant you may face. I don't know what you're facing this morning, but it pales in comparison to the goodness and the greatness of God. As Christians, we are gonna face a lot of battles. I can't tell you how many times people come and they'll say, well, well what's the, what's the you know, what's the big, big deal of being a Christian? If you're still going to have battles, if you're still going to have struggles, struggles, what's the point? I mean, if you're still going to get sick and you're still going to have death in your family, you're still going to have financial struggles and you're still going to have all this stuff, what's the point of even being a Christian? I'll tell you the point is because when I have Christ in my life, it's no longer my problem, it's God's problem. And he has a way of taking care of it for me. Amen. That's why I say, if your roof leaks, it's not your roof, it's God's roof. When your car breaks down, if you've given it to God, it's not your car, it's God's car. When your body starts to break down, it's okay, it's not your body anyway. You've surrendered it to the Lord, it's his body. So Lord, do with it as you will. Well, what about death? What about dying? Well, I'll tell you what, that is the ultimate healing. Come on, I'm telling you, sometimes, every once in a while, just every once in a while, when I see the toils of this world, when I see what we have to go through day in and day out, just just to, just to survive, I'm a little bit envious of some of my friends and loved ones that are already in heaven. 
I mean, they, they've got it made. I'm just telling you. Now, I'm not saying we're going to take up a trip now, but I'm just telling you that sometimes I'm a little envious. But while we're here on earth, we struggle physically. We struggle emotionally. We struggle uh, spiritually. God wants to help you in all of those areas. And that's really why I wanted to do this series uh, in, in kind of uh, my, my parting days and, and as I'm sharing these things because I see in God a way to help us through anything that we face in such a way that we will stand up and say, I am an overcomer. We turn our eyes upon Jesus and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. Amen? I love this quote. I think I put it in your notes by General uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower. It says, there are no victories at discount prices. I think you like that one. I need to say it again. There are no victories at discount prices. There's no shortcuts to overcoming. But if you're willing to step up, if you're willing to do what God instructs, if you're willing to follow the example of the men and women of God that went before us, both in the word and in our heritage uh, as a church, if we're willing to step up and follow that pattern that God lays out before Joshua, we truly will see ourselves overcoming whatever it is that you're facing. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. 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 So let's talk about it. Are you ready? If you've got your notes, follow along. Overcoming requires several things. I want to give them to you this morning. We see it uh, in our story today. The first one, if you're taking notes, write this down. God's presence. The very first thing we have to do is to worship God, is to lift up the Lord and to, and to worship him and proclaim him as the one who is in control of all things. Amen? Listen, I, I want to tell you something. When you have difficulties in life, when you have trials in life, I'm not going to say that, that your problems will disappear. I'm not going to say that they will go away. But I just want to let you in on a little secret, and I hopefully you've experienced this before. I just experienced it last night. I was out riding my motorcycle, and I turned on some worship music, and here I'm going down the road with one hand. Oh, Crystal's not listening, is she? One hand on one hand on the throttle and one hand in the air because I just, God came down right there, that sunset ride on the motorcycle. Listen, and all of a sudden, all those things I was worrying about, all those things that were distracting me, uh, it just kind of fell dim behind me. And I realized, I was reminded once again, God is in control and he knows what he's doing. Amen. I believe that with all my heart, but it has to start with worship. I believe that if a church will quit focusing on, on temperature and lights and, and sound and, and music style and all that stuff, I believe if we'll start worship, uh, focusing on God and who he is and what I can do for him and what, how I can live for him, I believe that if we really begin to get to the heart of worship and we begin to really surrender to his presence, listen, all of the problems that we seem to, to, uh, to, to go back and forth about will just go strangely damn because in the presence of God none of that matters in the presence of God something new happens in the presence of God something awakes within and you forget all that stuff and you know God is great and he is awesome amen it all starts with worship Psalm 23 3 but you are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel what is the psalmist saying there? But you are wholly enthroned. In other words, you dwell, you inhabit the praises of Israel, your people. What is he saying? God lives in the praise of his people. 
God dwells in habits. Listen, if you want God to show up, I'll tell you how to do it. In spite of how you feel, just praise him. Just worship him. That's why the Bible calls it, listen, a sacrifice of praise. It's not a sacrifice if you feel great. Well, praise the Lord, I just got a brand new car for free. Thank you, Jesus. Well, that's great. You should thank him for that. And who wouldn't be excited about that? But what about, well, praise the Lord, my car just broke down and I don't know how I'm gonna get to work tomorrow. Huh? That's a little tougher, isn't it? But it's that sacrifice that really begins to make a difference. We're gonna look at a story today where they were willing to make a sacrifice. They were willing to go completely out of their comfort zone. They were willing to do something that anyone looking on would think they were crazy to do. But they did it because they knew they needed to follow God. And they knew that they needed to give a sacrifice of praise. Now listen, when we inhabit or when we dwell in a place, what does that mean? We live there, yes, but there's more than that. What happens is we make our presence known in it. We make it personal. We hang pictures on the wall. We paint the walls. We, we buy furniture that fits our personality. We, we, uh, we maybe fix some things that need fixing. Maybe we, fi maybe we uh, uh, change some things that need changing. Maybe we put down new floors. Maybe we put an addition in the back. When we move into a place, we dwell there. What, what that means is that we make it our own. Now watch this. When we allow God in his power and in his strength to dwell within us, what does he do? He makes us his own. He, re he begins to remodel. He begins to to, to change the carpeting out. And he begins to hang up pictures of Jesus instead of all that other stuff that you're worried about and worshiping, amen? He begins to make our life his own. He begins to dwell within us. And then what happens? I begin to look like him. I begin to act like him. I begin to have faith like him. Why? Because Jesus has moved in. He's taken up residence. He is in control and I worship him, right? How do we do that? How do we get him to move in? Just praise the Lord. Just praise the Lord and he will move in and he'll make your place his place. I love that. Now the children of Israel had to come back to God. They'd been wandering in the wilderness. If you remember the story and they sent out 12 spies and two came back and said, yeah, we can do it. And 10 came back and said, there's no way we can do it. And so they took the, the advice of the 12 and they didn't do it. And so God said, okay, well, I guess we'll wander around till you know that you can do it, right? And so now they're saying, you know what? I hope God can do it because we figured out over the last 40 years, we can't do it, right? How many of you know we've got to get to that place before God can do anything with us? We've got to get to a place where we say, I can't do it, but I know God can. And the children of Israel had come back to God and understood that, be, that, that because of, of their disobedience and because of their, their lack of faith, that's the, the mess they got themselves into. And if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for God, there's no way to get out of this, right? And because of Joshua's leadership, they were now worshiping him again. They were now praising God. And that's why they were in a place to hear from heaven. Look at verse five and six there in Joshua chapter one. Uh, Joshua chapter one. God said to Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's a promise. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people, 
You shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now understand, they hadn't moved in yet. They hadn't taken the land yet. But God was saying, I will help you take the land. Why? Because finally the Israelites had come to a place where they were ready to listen. It begins with worshiping God. It begins with inviting his presence into our life. And then number two, if you're taking notes, let's look at God's promise. We just read it in verse two. See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. That's chapter six, verse two. Do you see that? God's promise requires faith. We have to believe that God is a God of his word. We have to believe that when we read that every place we set our foot will be ours, that he means it. We have to believe that if we have the faith of a mustard seed, we can say to this mountain, be moved, and it will be moved. You see, God's promises demand a response of faith. And if we're going to overcome, we've got to stand on and believe in the promises of God. I love what the Hebrew writer says in 11.1, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we cannot see. <laughs> in other words, I know you can't see it, but you know God and you know what he can do. You say, well, how do I know? Well, number one, how many of you are breathing this morning? Just raise your hand. How many of you are breathing? The rest of you are sleeping. Just nudge them, wake them up. Said, You're, that was an easy one. That was really easy. You should have had your hand up, right? How many of you, let me ask you another one. This is another easy one. How many of you have a pulse this morning? Raise your hand, huh? That's a miracle. You do know those two things are by the power of God. You do know those two things are by the promise of God. You know those two things are by the, the, the act of God in our lives to, to allow his creation to live, right? How many of you have asked Jesus Christ into your life as your personal savior? Raise your hand. The greatest miracle of all, right there, right there. And God promised if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what I didn't say? If you'll clean up your act and you'll quit dressing like that and you'll shave that off your face or your head or you'll quit wearing that or quit going there. He didn't, he didn't say that. He didn't say clean up and then come on in and we'll have a talk. Don't you love that about God? He just said, if you'll just confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's a promise, but it takes faith. You've got to step up to that and believe that God will do it. Number three, if you're taking notes, God had a plan. And just like the story of Joshua, his plan took obedience. They had to obey his directive. Now let's talk about obedience for a moment because I know some of you might, it might make you a little uncomfortable. Wait a minute, I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Well, number one, if you're coming to God with that attitude, you've got some work to do. And number two, you have to understand that when God instructs us to do something, 
It's because he loves us so deeply that he wants what's best for us and he wants us to be a success in our spiritual walk. And so anything that he asks us to do, listen, is for his betterment. You know how I know? It can't be for his betterment because he's already perfect. Hello. I just made that up. Write that down, David. Give it to me later. Come on, church. It has to be for my good. It can't be for his good. He's already good. It can't make to, him, make to make him happy. He's already happy. It can't make him greater. He's already as great as he can be. The only reason he ever gives us any instruction, ever, 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 is to make us greater, to make us stronger, to make us better. That is his desire to lift us up. Now it may feel like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. That's totally weird. I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound like any fun. What did General Courts, what, what did Eisenhower say? What did he say? No victory, what? You guys were listening. It's worth it. It's worth it. And I'm here to tell you that there's not one of us in this room that hate pain like we think we do. You just think you hate pain. I'll tell you what you hate. You hate useless pain. Right? Every mom in this room that has more than one kid understands exactly what I'm saying. When Crystal said she wanted to have another one after Daniel, I said, were you in the delivery room? I was there. <laughs> it was not pretty. I almost lost a hand over it, Dave, I'm telling you. It was ugly. I, I, who, who decided we had to be in there anyway? I mean, I'm a, back in the day, you just sit at home, they give you a call. Hey, you got a baby. Ooh, cool. I'll be in in a moment. Yeah, no. No, I was glad to be there, but it wasn't pretty. Come on. So it's not that we hate pain. We hate useless pain, right? But the pain that God brings us is the kind of pain that we go down to, to uh, Planet Fitness and pl plop down money to pay them to put us in pain, right? Here, let me give you some money so I can't hardly walk tomorrow. What did I do? I didn't even know I had a muscle in my upper lip. I... Right? And I, I had it. How many of you ever been to the dentist? Oh, uh, did you pay them? You paid them for that. Come on, think about it when you're sitting in a chair. I paid them for this. But the pain of getting your teeth cleaned far outweighs the pain of a tooth breaking off and abscessing and half your face blowing up. So you pay for a little pain, come on. But for some reason, when we talk about the most important thing in our life and that is our relationship with God, we say, just make it easy for me. Just make me happy. If it's not making me happy, I'm not going to church. If it doesn't make me happy, why be a Christian? Come on. Look at Joshua chapter six. We're gonna fast forward a little bit, get to the plan. Verse 10, now Joshua had commanded the people saying, this is after God gave him instruction, you shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout. You shall just be quiet.
How many of y'all are uncomfortable right now? Somebody should be talking. <laughs> right? Come on. We, some of you just weren't even quiet then. Sandy, I'm um, sorry. Right? Sometimes we got to get a little uncomfortable to follow the plan of God. Don't make any noise. Don't do any talking. Be completely silent till I say shout. Then you will shout on the count of three. Come on, let me hear you shout, church. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, let it out. Oh, I knew you could do that. That's awesome, right? So we're going to be really quiet, and then we're going to shout. Stop right there. We're good with the shouting sometimes. Sometimes we shout some stuff we probably shouldn't shout, right? But sometimes it's hard to just be quiet. Now watch this. So he had the ark of the Lord circle the city, going around it once. Then he came into the camp and lodged in camp. And Joshua rose in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. Then the seven priests, bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord, went on continually and blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went before them. But the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord, while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. So they did this six days. And every day the, 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 the traveling committee would meet and say, what in the world is this guy doing? What in this world is this guy thinking? Why won't they let me talk? Why won't they let me say anything? Why won't they let me do anything? And, and, and the other committee, the planning committee say, what is going on? And they just talked. No, they didn't. They just were quiet. I would imagine that they wanted to talk to each other. What does this guy, what's this guy thinking? What is he saying? What is he doing? What is happening here? But you know what? They were following the plan of God. They were listening to God. Sure. Amen. 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 That's awesome. Amen. Come on, church. Come on. Amen. A brand new sister in Christ who came to the altar about two weeks ago and gave her heart to the Lord, and she's declaring in the front of us that she wants to overcome. Amen. Come on, church. Come on, church. Thank you. Thank you. And God wants you to overcome. God wants you to overcome. Man, that's beautiful. I don't even have to preach anymore. But I'm in the middle of the scripture, so let's finish it. The plan was laid out by God. And I want you to get this somewhere in your notes. The plan was not a physical plan. It was a spiritual plan. Yes, they had some physical things to do, but the main thing was, will you obey? Because I'm gonna take care of you. It was not a plan of war. It was a plan of worship. Write that down. Too many of us are so busy with our plans of war. We'll get on social media and we'll argue and we'll call people names We'll do all that stuff. I just want to ask you a question. I hope the answer is yes, but after maybe some things we put on social media, maybe the answer should be no. 
Do you even have any non-Christians that are followers of your social media and friends of your face social media? And if so, you do know they're reading this stuff, right? And you do know that when they read this stuff, they're going, oh, that's what a Christian acts like. Hello, I don't know if you should say amen or ouch, but I'm just saying. Come on. And you have to know that, that God is, is laying out a spiritual plan for us with all the unrest and all the things we've been through the last year and a half. You have to understand that God has a spiritual plan in all of this. I can't say I even know what all of it is, but I just know he's got a plan. He knows what he's doing. As a military maneuver, understand that this plan would have been useless. Okay, we're going to blow our trumpets and hopefully there's a bullet in it and it'll kill somebody, right? No. We're just going to blow our trumpets. God said to blow your trumpets. Well, what about your tanks? Now, we're leaving them back at the camp. God said we couldn't bring the tanks. What about your B-1 bomber? No, you got to leave that, you gotta leave that back. What about your stealth? No, got to leave that on the ground. Nothing, just our trumpets and the ark of the Lord. And we're going to believe God to do something. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds crazy. It, in fact, it invited defeat. Understand that it left them wide open for attack. The women and children included were wide open for attack. You have to understand that the men were probably walking along going, what is God thinking? They could literally attack us right now and we'd be completely hopeless. But God said, this is what we're supposed to do. So what are we going to do? We're going to hear God's plan. We're going to have faith that he knows what he's doing. And we're going to obey what he tells us to do. And we're going to believe that he's going to do something great and leave the results up to him. Amen. So the, the people of Israel were literally, literally following an insane plan that God put before them that made no sense. Now, why do you think he did that? What happened the last time the Israelites took things into their own hand? They ended up in a mess, didn't they? Wandering the wilderness. And God said, you know what? By the end of this story, I want to make sure that every one of you know how great I am and how much you need me. And I also want you to know that through me, you will be an overcomer. <laughs> As I was looking and kind of researching this, it became a little more aware that the people of Jericho weren't just the enemy, but they hated the children of Israel. You have to understand that the king of Jericho didn't want Joshua's people anywhere near that city. And if Joshua didn't win, annihilation was imminent. It was going to happen. If this didn't work, listen to me very carefully. If this didn't work, they were all dead. They were goners. But they said, that's okay. We worship a God who knows what he's doing, and we're going to follow his plan. And then number four, I love this, God's protection, which takes self-control. Now, these two kind of go hand in hand, because as I'm obeying, I've got to have enough control to not get in the way and start talking again. Because if I would have waited two minutes, that was maybe 24, 25 seconds that I didn't talk, maybe 30. If I'd have done that for two minutes, somebody had been talking, <laughs> right? Why? 
it's really hard for us to rest in the presence and in the plan of God without in our mind start letting the whirlwind go and try to fix a way to get us out of it. Now those of you that merged from Grace Ministries, you weren't a part of this story, but Lighthouse, those that came from Lighthouse, you remember, and we've told you the story of how that we uh, learned very early on that we needed to sell our building. And really for about two and a half years, we were walking in obedience, we were walking in faith. People would ask me, where are you guys gonna build? I said, I have no idea. Well, aren't you gonna plan? Nope, why not? Because number one, we don't know when our building is gonna sell. Number two, we don't know how much we're gonna get. And number three, we don't know what's gonna be available when it sells. So God knows all that and we're just trusting him. So we're just gonna do ministry here till he makes it happen, amen? How many of you know that God had a plan that none of us had a clue about, huh? Come on, you need to give a good amen on that, huh? God had a plan. He had a plan. It was God's plan. I'm not that smart. Don't give me credit for that. I'm not that smart. If you know me well enough, you know. Yeah, he's, he's not that smart. Thank you. I, I always get a lot of good amens on that. I, I appreciate the love. I appreciate the love. Appreciate the love. But God knew. And on, on Grace Ministry side, you know, things were happening and there were struggles and things. And I'm sure there were days where like, how are we going to get through this? What is, in fact, you've told me, how, how are we going to make it? You know, what, how, how are we going to pay the bills? You know, all the, we were saying the same thing, but you rested in faith of God. We're just going to keep going forward and doing what we know, believing that God has a plan and God always has a plan. Whew. Look at verse 15, Joshua 6. But it came to pass. <laughs> it will come to pass. It may not feel like it, but it will come to pass. On the seventh day that they rose early, about the dawning of the day, and marched around the city, this time, not just once, but seven times, in the same manner. So it's, like, it's, almost, like, it's almost like one time the enemy was attacking us and and uh, we were having uh, uh, some financial struggles and, and uh, we were just trying to figure out how to, how to make it through it. And, and as I was praying, the Lord said, do you really trust me? I said, yes, I really do trust you. Well, are you willing to show how much you trust me? I said, absolutely. He said, okay, up your tithe. Pay more than 10%. I said, okay. So I went and talked to Crystal. I said, I don't know. I don't know. The Lord said the way we get through this financial crisis is we just give more to the church and give more to God. And she said, well, okay, if that's what the Lord said. You know, we just both, we just, at that moment, we just felt like it was the Lord. And so we started paying more than the 10% tithe. I can't tell you how it happened, but I will tell you, within the next month or two, all of those things just kind of disappeared and God took care of it. It was a God thing. I didn't really change anything I was doing. She didn't really change anything she was doing other than to trust God and do what he says. You with me? So the people shouted, <laughs> when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet that the people shouted with a great shout and the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him. And what? They took the city in the name of God. Wow. 
And that takes us to number five. If you're taking notes, the last one is God's power, which takes dependence. You know, on July 4th, we celebrate Independence Day. But there's another day in the Christian walk that's more important than that. And that is Dependence Day. When we declare our dependence on God. His power. His strength. I'll let you in on a little secret. Without it, I'll never make it. And neither will you. But with God's power. Nothing Nothing is impossible with God. Look at verse 20. The wall fell down flat. Then the people, what? Now, what? It didn't just crumble, it fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city. God's power. They didn't have bulldozers. They didn't have Uzis. They didn't have tanks. They didn't have bombers. They had a trumpet, the ark of the Lord, and worship. And God took care of the rest. Do you see it? Do you see that every one of us, I don't care if you have to go to the pawn shop and buy a trumpet, just to remind yourself, anytime I'm tempted to take over my life and be in charge, I'm going to blow this trumpet. And it might not bother me as much as it bothers my wife, so she'll tell me, you need to stop blowing that trumpet. Well, I can't. Why? Because I'm trying to take over my own life, so I blow the trumpet, to, and she'll look at me and say, well, then just let God have control of your life, because the trumpet's got to go. Amen. But just remind myself, I need God. And it took a great deal of dependence on God's power and plan to follow him. God commanded this long pause of suspense and expectation, seven days of just waiting. You do know that to them, those seven days seemed like an eternity. You do know that it seemed like it was, it was never going to end, like they were never going to win this. But God wanted to teach them that his ways were not their ways. God's ways are not our ways, and that we must leave things in his hands. Why? Because we have to be very careful not to get in the way of God's providence. He knows what he's doing. I could tell you stories for the next three hours of things that he's done in my life, directing my life, that on the surface and in the human made literally no sense whatsoever. But when I look back, in those days, it was a struggle. I, I just, Lord, okay, I, I trust you, but this is hard. I just want to remind you, this isn't easy. He says, I know it's not, but just keep going. Okay, Lord, all right, I trust you. This isn't easy. Oh, I know it's not easy, but just keep going. And when I look back, I see this. 
God's finger just doing this. Right in front of me. Just walk this way. Do these things. Follow this call. And I will be with you. Just as I was with Moses and Gideon and Joshua and Noah and Esther all the giants, I was with you. Look at verse 27 there in Joshua 6. So the Lord was with Joshua. Circle that word was. He kept his word, didn't he? And his fame spread throughout all the country. People would probably say, wow, that Joshua... He's really something. And he would say, no, no, no. No, I'm not. God is really something. In a seminary missions class, a professor by the name of Herbert Jackson told how, as a new missionary, he was assigned a car that would not start without a push. I want to read you the story he told. He said, after pondering my problem, he said, I devised a plan. I went to school uh, near my home and got permission to take some children out of class and uh, asked them if they would push my car to start it every morning. And as I made my rounds, I would either park on a hill or leave the engine running. And he used this ingenious procedure for two years, he said. For two years, I would have people come and either help me start my car, push my car, or I would park on a hill so that when I would come out, and for those of you who don't know, it was manual transmission. You could do that. You can start a car without, without a, a battery or without turning the ignition if you push start it. How many have ever push started a car, huh? Amen. Anybody with a manual that's ever run out of gas has had to do that, right? Yeah, uh, I dated Crystal in one of the cars. I, it, I mean, it was, a, it was quite a chick magnet. It was a Ford Pinto wagon. I mean, man, if you can't get a girlfriend to date you with a Ford Pinto, oh, it took well, but at least it was a dark green. I mean, at least it was a, yeah. We would push start that thing just for fun, right? So he said, as I, as I made my rounds, I'd either park on a hill or, or I would get someone to, to, to help push it or I'd leave my engine running the whole time I was in there. You could do that. Put it in neutral, pull the emergency brake, you know, and all that. And so when he began to proudly explain his arrangement for getting the car started uh, to, to a, the new missionary, uh, the guy looked under the hood. He said, you know, this is your car and this is what you have to do when you, when you, when you want to start your car. This is how I make my rounds. And, and uh, so just know that. And so the guy looked under the hood. And before uh, Jackson explained the whole thing, the missionary interrupted him. Why, Dr. Jackson, I believe the only trouble here is a loose cable. <laughs> he gave the cable a twist, stepped into the car, pushed the switch, and to my astonishment, the engine roared to life. And for two years, needless trouble had become routine for me, he said. The power was there all the time. I hope you're listening. The power was there all the time. Only, watch this, a loose connection kept me from putting that power into work. Hello. Hello. 
How many of you know, come on, how many of you know that God's power is always there? His power is here right now for every one of us to tap into. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Everyone say mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places. I'm going to read that backwards. I'm going to read verse 20 first, and then I'm going to read verse, begin back in verse 19. Are you ready? Verse 20 says, that which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Are you with me so far? That which he did to raise his son from the dead is what is exceeding greatness of his power toward us us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. God has that power for every one of you. All you have to do is just get connected. Do you see that? It's there. It's there. This morning, we had a shockwave run through the heart of pretty much anybody that was involved, that has been involved in this morning's service. The electric went out for four or five long seconds. <laughs> the whole campus, right here, right here, happened around 940, something like that. Everything went black. Lights, computers, sound, air conditioning. Did I mention air conditioning? <laughs> and in those five seconds, I had already figured out two or three ways we were going to have to have church if the electric didn't come back on. And when it came back on, it's like, thank you, Jesus. Right? Amen? We can have church in the heat, but it's not near as much fun. <laughs> we can have church in the dark, but it's not near as much fun. Well, guess what? God's power never goes out. He never has a power outage. He's always there. And if anything ever stops working, it's because I have disconnected. I've pulled the plug. Well, what do we do to do that? Oh, I don't really need to take this to God. I don't really need to pray, but this isn't a big deal. I, I think I can handle this. God's busy. I don't need to bother him with this. I'll take care of this. This is just a little decision. You do know that five or 10 little decisions add up to about three big decisions. Well, you know, it's not a big deal. I think, I, no, it is a big deal. And when we make a firm connection with God, when we make a firm connection with his life and his power, what happens? His life and his power flow through us and we find ourselves overcoming. Bow your heads. Lord, I believe with all my heart that every one of us in this room, under the sound of my voice, or watching online, we were created to be overcomers. And for whatever reason, sometimes not even on purpose, we get disconnected, we get distracted, we get discouraged. And we find ourselves wondering, will I ever make it? And the answer is, by God's grace, 
of resounding yes. So Lord, I pray that you would give us the faith that you gave those Israelites that day. And Lord, we are thankful that they were not set up as some huge spiritual giants. We've read the story before this. We've read where they complained and whined and wanted to go back into Egypt and didn't have faith and, and built an altar and built an idol. And while you were literally giving Moses your commandments, they were down there building idols. And so they weren't perfect people, and neither are we. But you didn't call us to be perfect. You called us to be connected. And Lord, you've called us to be overcomers. Lord, I just pray right now, in this quiet moment, that you would help us to cry out to you. Lord, show me your plan. Give me the faith to follow. Give me the wisdom to obey. Lord, help me to be patient. And Lord, help me to tap into your power. Work through me, I pray. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Everyone say amen. 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 I tell you what. If we can just get a hold of this truth that God created you to be an overcomer, that he will be the strength and hope that will change you forever. I believe it with all my heart. We have uh, uh, something very uh, special coming up. Uh, Awana launches on its way. And so for just a few moments, Scott and Tara are going to come and share a little bit. And then we're going to um, uh, offer an opportunity for you to give towards this uh, awesome ministry. So you guys come on up and share what's on your heart and let us know what's going on, okay? Hello, friends. Well, I got about 14 friends. Hello, friends. Oh, I heard my name. Awesome. All right. Yes, we are up here. When you see us up here, it's usually one of two things. I'm either going to cry or it's about something else. Uh, or it could be both. We are very excited about this. Um, this is going to be year five of our, not our, of God's Awana program. We are super excited about this. Um, everything that Pastor just talked about, I was thinking to myself, man, I was that person that was sitting in that room thinking, Pastor's leaving, and what are we going to do? And we had this going on, and that, and blah. And this one is like, we're going to do Awana. And I'm like, oh, but we can't because and we're going to do Awana. And then Pastor David has been using the word momentum. And I started thinking about momentum, and I told her momentum, and she's like, mm-hmm, kind of the same thing, but momentum. And I thought, yes, the kids, the children, are what we need today in the church. Yeah. Of anything. I mean, we are, we are we're seasoned. You know, it's, it's hard enough for us and for our day when we go through our day these kids are going through today's day. And it's 50 times worse than what we have seen or have went through. 
We need them in this church. So, like I said, (laughs) she's crying for me. (laughs) So we thought, you know what, we're we're, we're bringing Awana back. um, And and, uh, we're starting October the 13th. And I'm going to just give a brief description of what it is. Number one, it's God-focused. That's number one, first and foremost. Um, but what we do is, is, is uh, Awana is basically an age-appropriate age a Bible lesson. Um, it's also a, a memory scripture. Um, and, and, and then, of course, the one that they will always love the most is, is the game time and snacks. Um, but the focus is, is just bringing them in and allowing a child, children, to feel a part of something. Because we all want to feel a part of something. So for them to come in and feel, a, to, to feel like they're a part of a team, um, that's what our goal is with Awana. And uh, you'll see out here when you leave to the left, there's a table. It, it has some, some information on it. Um, you can always see us for additional details. Uh, but I wanted to bring up, uh, Pastor mentioned the sponsorship program. Um, that's huge for Awana because what we, what we established, um, and I know some of you know Robin Vance, but her, her dad, he was a huge advocate of this program, like monumental advocate. And he knew that the children needed to be in church. And uh, bless his heart, like Pastor said too, he's in heaven rejoicing and looking down and saying, let's, let's just keep this momentum. Let's just keep this momentum. So um, we've established this Pastor Bob Awana sponsorship program. Um, it's $40 a kid. What basically happens is if it's on your heart, nobody's, you know, don't feel pressed to do it. And if, if 40, look, we'll take 50 cents. Um, what our goal is just to get the kids inside the door. We'll find a way from there. Um, but if you're able to do the 40, that would be fantastic because you get to sponsor that child from the beginning, which would be October 13th, all the way through like the end of May-ish. Um, it covers so many things. It covers materials. Uh, God has blessed us to be able to take that $40 to cover materials, um, activities. We have theme nights. Um, you'll see them running around here. It's, sometimes it's glow night, uh, shirts, vests, uh, outings. We've established with the bowling alley down here. Um, it's not Rainbow anymore, for those who remember Rainbow. It's Tristan's? No, it's uh, Wayne, Wayne Webb's. That's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, we've established a rapport with them, uh, usually around Christmas time, a little before that. Uh, they save us some bowling lanes, um, and we all hop on the bus, and we take them down there and have a pizza party and bowling for the night. So um, that's just a little bit. So if you could, if you don't mind, just pray about that. Um, see us with any questions you have about it. Um, oh, yeah, she just told me. Um, we've already had three. We've already had a sponsorship for three. So that's, that's amazing. That is, that is, while, the te- while the table was being set up. So um, we thank God for this program. Uh, we thank God for Pastor Phil and Crystal for bringing this to us and, 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 and asking us to do this. And believe me, when they asked us to do this, we were like, did you say Moana or Awana? <laughs> because those are, um, and our kids will say that too. Like, oh, we're going to Moana. I'm like, okay, come on. <laughs> but 
but, but more importantly is we, when we get into the class, and, and there's a few of our, our helpers, volunteers, that, uh, and I'll leave you with this. When we get into the class and we're, we're, we're planning what we're going to do for the night, there is nothing more of a blessing than when you have kids that come into a class and you ask them a question and they're so honest and they'll tell you, my day has been rough. At six years old, seven years old, eight years old. That's an opportunity for all of us as a church to wrap our arms around them and say, you know what? My day's been rough too. You tell me about yours. And they open up, and in that moment, that lesson flies out the window because that's the lesson. That's the lesson. And that's what Awana is about. It's about blessing these kids today and getting them set straight and right so that when they do walk out the doors as the adults, it's a, it's a struggle. But they're prepared and they're armed. So um, any questions, please feel free to see us after, after service. Um, stop at the table, grab some information, look at the games and all that stuff, and just keep praying about it. And we'll see you and your kids, um, and your grandkids, and your, whoever you can bring, bring the neighbor kids, on October 13th. Thank you, thank you, everyone. Amen. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Love you guys. That's great. And uh, I, I heard someone over here say another one, so there's four. Uh, Crystal and I will take two, so there's six. So we've got six. How many you need? What was that? Two more over here, so there's eight. How many we need? I feel like an auctioneer. I Needs for 30. So if you didn't, okay, then we got two more there. So there's 10, there's 11. So, well, I didn't even know there's 12. <laughs> okay. Well, 13, 14, 15. Wow. Hey, they're just, everybody's volunteering. We're already, we're halfway there. Amen. That's awesome. Now, if you didn't come, you know, prepared to put the money in the offering today, if you would just grab one of those uh, uh, envelopes or you can put on your communication card that uh, you want to sponsor and a want a child. And uh, that way we kind of get a count of where we're at and you can bring it next Sunday or you can go online and give online. Just make a note at the bottom, Awana sponsorship. Cash app, same thing. Just make a note, Awana sponsorship. You can give anyway. Uh, and uh, I think that's just great. And uh, we're so glad. I'm gonna ask the ushers to come forward. We have a very special treat. I'm so glad uh, that you guys are hanging with us because we have a very special treat. Henderson is going to come and give us a special song during the offering time. So uh, come on, give him a big hand. We're glad he's here. Yes. Love to, love to listen to him uh, play the piano. So he's going to play the piano. Then uh, Pastor David has a couple things to share and we'll cut you loose. So hang in there. All right. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the children's ministry here at Capital City. We just pray, Lord, that you would just uh, use uh, this ministry to, uh, to bring uh, children alive in Christ. Lord, we believe that missionaries and preachers and Sunday school teachers and Christian businessmen and women and nurses and doctors and, and uh, whatever can come out of this ministry. We believe it with all of our heart, Lord. So I pray that you would bless it in a mighty way. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.
wonderful, wonderful. Amen, Henderson. Praise the Lord. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, don't you love it all? You just love it all. I love the old, I love the new, I love the in-between. I love it all. And they told me today that uh, some people now call Henderson, I don't know if you know this, Henderson, the mayor. Uh, have they called you that, the mayor? Uh, because you've been around here longer than any of the rest of us. And so you're the mayor from now on. And, uh, so. Let me just mention uh, a couple of things here uh, just very quickly. Uh, first of all, next week is going to be a very, very important celebration. We are celebrating Pastor Phil and Pastor Crystal, and it is going to be a great Sunday next Sunday. Will you look to the person beside you? It's going to be a great Sunday. That really doesn't sound like you meant that, but it's going to be. It's going to be a great Sunday, and here's why it's going to be great. The Spriggs family are going to be doing a, uh, the worship, and also uh, they're going to be doing a special song, and uh, then Pastor Phil will be preaching, and uh, as you know, uh, he's taken his leave to Washington Courthouse, and we'll be doing that, but that's all right because we love Pastor Phil and Crystal. Amen. Let's give him a hand. Give him a hand. So here's what I want you to do. Next week, we're going to have a big card shower. I want you to bring a card. Just sign your name. If you want to put a gift in it, that's up to you. Uh, put a gift in it. It will all go. He'll split it with me. And then we'll... no. <laughs> that's not true. If you want to put a gift in it or whatever else, you put that in there. And uh, we're just going to have a big card shower. I know when I left uh, Brookside, one of the things that meant so much to me was just being able to sit down after I left and read what people said. So let's do a card shower. We'll have a couple buckets somewhere. We're going to have a cake and reception. And it's going to be a great, great day. But we do have to go on. You do understand that, right? Okay. And that's been uh, sort of weighing on my mind and on my heart just a little bit, as you might know. Uh, after Pastor uh, Phil announced that he was going to be going to Washington Courthouse, the board voted and asked me to serve as your interim pastor. And it's going to be a joy doing that. And uh, so we will be doing that. It's going to be fun. We're going to have fun, and when the problems come, I'm just going to say, well, you know, Phil's just down the road down here at Washington Courthouse, and you can go on down there and uh, find out. I've been used to doing that. People come and say something, like, I don't know, just talk to the pastor, you know, and, and so I understand. But God has been putting together an incredible team. Because when I began to put down all the things that we were going when Pastor Phil and Pastor Crystal and Daniel and Caitlin, oh, I keep trying to get them to leave us, Caitlin, but they won't. And uh, uh, Pastor Phil, Pastor Crystal, Daniel and Caitlin, and uh, all of those, Bethany and Braden, uh, all of the different things that they do in the, in the work of the church, I knew we were going to have to have a team. And God has honored us 
and blessed us. So I'd like to just introduce this team real quick, and then we're going to leave. I'd like to first have my wife to come up, if she will. This is the lady. <laughs> you need to pray for her more than anyone else in the world, because she tries to keep me straight, and a few people are beginning to understand how forgetful I am, and uh, so uh, this is my better half in every way. Now, to I, I have kind of laughingly, and Pastor Phil, I want you to know I don't mean this. I mean, really, seriously, I've kind of laughingly said to Phil that we can replace you. Uh, it's Crystal that we can't replace. Amen. But that's not Amen. true. He Phil is our who? pastor, and he is our leader. Phil who? Yeah, Phil who? Yeah, that's right. But God has given us a wonderful person who's going to serve as our associate pastor. And her name is Deb Seymour. You may have known uh, the Don Seymour family and Glenn Seymour family. And uh, Deb Seymour McKay and her husband, Tom. And I'd like to have you come up, if you will. And she is going to be kind of the new crystal, only her name is Deb. And, uh, and let's give them a hand. God bless you. We're so happy to have you. God bless you. She is Reverend Deb McKay, and uh, she will be assisting in every way. She is an ordained minister in the Churches of Christ and Christian Union, and so she will be helping us in so many ways. And I'm so thrilled to have a lady uh, pastor because they can do so many more things uh, than we can do. And all the ladies said, amen. We know that's true. That's true. But anyway, and Tom is uh, kind of a sound and, and engineer, and he's going to be working back in the sound booth area, where that area is a very important area. And so Tom is going to be working in that area uh, to help us along with some others. And then I'd like to have Eric Heron. Eric uh, Heron is going to be serving as our worship director and production director and band organizer. <laughs> Eric has been with us all these years. Uh, he's been here how long at Cap City now? Two or one? Two years. And uh, he said, I will be staying, and I'll be organizing the band and helping out and making sure uh, that uh, we don't lose momentum. As Scott said, in our worship, worship is vital. And so Eric Heron is going to be our production and worship director. Again, let's give him a hand. And then as our children's workers, some of you know that Crystal's been leading the children, at least on Sunday, the kids club. And we have two lovely young ladies that are from OCU, and they're going to be children's uh, club interns. And uh, I love both of these young ladies. Connie and I have almost uh, adopted them as our kind of uh, uh, surrogate daughters, and we love them. And that's Angie Borjas and uh, Katy Rivera. Would you come forward with uh, Angie's boyfriend, Alan? Is Alan here today? Alan, yes. Okay, Alan. Ah. <laughs> we are so happy. This is a dream come true. A dream come true. 
And this is Alan Cerna. And uh, Alan, God bless you. Welcome to the team. And he is a computer guru also. And he is going to help us in the area of production and all the kind of things to make sure we get our words and all the different things that we're doing together. And so uh, I'm very thrilled that you are here, all of them. Isn't that a wonderful group? Amen. Uh, huh? Yeah, I am. And now we also have a volunteer staff members, and I am so excited about this. Elizabeth and Norman Lane are going to accept our youth ministry, and they are going to take our youth. We are so happy to have you on staff. God bless you. They went to Arizona with us. And um, they had a great, great time. And after Pastor Phil told me that uh, he might be leaving, the Lord whispered to me, I ought to talk to them about youth. And so when I did, uh, they said, we've been wanting to do this for some time. God's been laying a lot of things on our heart. So Elizabeth and Norman, I think we're going to start using our youth ministry on, on Sunday night at six, but there'll also be a Wednesday night program as well. And uh, it's going to be a phenomenal time. Now, this young lady has not yet uh, decided that she will. And so I don't want to put you on the spot in any way, but Olivia, I would like to introduce people. Could you come up here just a minute? Olivia Dement, uh, she's going to die. She really, uh, she hasn't even made the decision yet, but I want her to come forward. Olivia is probably one of the finest musicians and worship leaders that I know. And uh, I've been talking to her, and she said, well, I want to pray about it. And I said, well, we have. And so you... <laughs> Uh, she is an amazing young lady, and her boyfriend from Pennsylvania, I understand you play the acoustic guitar, right? If you'd like to come up here, we'll let you play the acoustic guitar, though I understand you live in Pennsylvania right now, is that right? And so, yeah, long distance, but you can come every Sunday, just want you to know, if she comes, it'll be worth it, I want you to know. Yeah, that's right, so, but this is what we're putting together, and there's been a number of people uh, on the lay side that have stepped up and said, we want to help, we want to keep going forward. We have three very simple goals. Let's maintain the momentum. Let's get through this transition and see what God wants us to do and prepare for the next season as God leads us. So this is going to be uh, your new worship group and leadership team, and God has a plan. Amen. All right. Amen. You want, I think Pastor Phil wants to say something. Amen. All right. Man, can I come to your church? Yeah, yes, sir. I keep telling him. That's awesome. he, he's going to the wrong place. That's That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> Man, I, tell you, I want you to notice something. Hey, David, go, go yes, stand sir. there. Okay. So just one dude replaces me. <laughs> I mean, that, that tells you how much everybody else works, right? Huh? Come on. Huh? That's all. Come on up here. Oh, I love it. I love uh, it. You guys are great. Thank you. This is so awesome. I'm excited about what God's doing. And I know, listen, it's not by accident. God's been preparing this long before we even knew anything was on the horizon. It's true. And That's he knows exactly what he's doing. Right. Do you believe God knows what he's doing? Amen. 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 All right. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Bill, pray us out. All right. Before I pray, 